0: He e purangi tēnei nā
2: te reo irirangi, o Hello. Oh. Piki mai kake mai, and welcome to Our Changing World, ko Alison Balance ahau. Tonight we are heading out into nature on an exciting translocation project. New Zealanders have got pretty good at moving native species, plants and animals around. Often we're bringing them back home to places they disappeared from. Over the years, Our Changing World has brought you many stories of species coming home to Zealandia, the predator-free eco-sanctuary in the heart of Wellington. Not just birds either. Everything from frogs to rare native daisies, freshwater mussels to tuatara, and skinks to mistletoe. And you can, of course, find all of those stories on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash Our Changing World. Anyway, the latest species to come back is one of New Zealand's most unusual plants. Pua Ōtareanga, flower of the underworld. To find out more, let's go back five years to a story I recorded at Poriora Forest in the central North Island. It was the first time I had ever seen Dactylanthus Taylori, and my guide was Doc Expert Arvi Hertzapfel. So it's a wet rainy afternoon. We can probably hear the rain falling around us. And we've just stepped into the edge of Puriora Forest. And I have no idea what we're looking for, but I'm really excited.
1: That's right. Well welcome, welcome to, to Puriora and to one of the um, strongholds of Tektalanthus. So um, in those metres that you've walked, you've just walked past your first dactylamthus plant Oh and And I was
2: completely oblivious And I
1: give you a challenge now to find it, it's right next to you
2: It's right next to me? Yes So, I'm looking for something on the
1: forest floor On the forest floor, which will look a little bit like a root burr and which is so unassuming that you passed one before I've I've passed one before
2: Ah. So is that what I'm looking for?
1: There is a group of Dactylanthus tubers there. There's a Dactylanthus tuber there. They're partly exposed, and there's a tuber completely covered um, by soil in here, but we see the inflorescences coming out. So these are the inflorescences of Dactylanthus. This is a male inflorescence, and you can see the white pollen there.
2: So these are basically the flowers this of, is of the a strange there. subterranean parasitic plant.
1: So Dactylanthus is a fully parasitic plant, but a flowering plant. So without the flowers, we wouldn't actually be able to tell it. It looks like a warty tuber attached to the roots of native trees. It's New Zealand's only fully parasitic flowering plant. It's um, been in New Zealand for a very long time. Oldest pollen record is 28 million years ago. So it's a true old Gondwanan species. It's the only one of its kind. um, Only lives in New Zealand. Its closest relatives are in New Caledonia, but very, very different. So it's it's a member of a small family of parasitic flowering plants. They're all root parasites. And and this is the New Zealand the New Zealand member, the only species in its genus. So it's very unique on many, many levels. And what you see here is one of the the strong flowering plants that are so typical for Puriora, where for some reason they just happen to thrive.
2: Thanks, Avi, for that great introduction to an amazing plant. Now, while Te Pua Ōtareanga does well in a small area of Poriora Forest, it has disappeared from most places. Fast forward to a few weeks ago, when I joined a very excited group of iwi representatives and conservationists welcoming the plant back to Zelandia Sanctuary. After a moving welcome and handing over ceremony, people got down to the business of getting ready for planting. The first person I catch up with is Zealandia's conservation manager, Danielle Shanahan. What's going on here, Danielle? Well, Basically the seeds are being placed in sand to get them ready for the next stage of planting. So you've got a
3: little wrap packet mountain in your hand uh, with a small reddish-brown lump of seeds.
2: That's right. And those seeds have come from Puriora Forest Park. So they've travelled all that way to come back to Wellington.
3: My name's Holden Hoaia. I'm part of the Hokaina, I'm part of Te Taranaki family.
2: <laughs> and what are your thoughts about today?
3: Oh, I think it's awesome. I mean, one of the beautiful things for us as the haukainga is it brings all together all our iwi, all our phenonga on our eastern and western side and um, gets us working on a kaupapa together. It brings us together, you know. The te o te actually unites us in a shared kaitiaki responsibility, so that's awesome.
2: Te o te Yeah. Tell me about the plant. What does it mean to you?
3: Well, I don't know a lot about it, if I was being honest. All I've learned in the last couple of weeks is that... Um, it's the only indigenous parasitic plant that's indigenous to Aotearoa. Its primary pollinator traditionally, historically, was the bat, the pekapeka, peka. um, but we're really excited to sort of see how it goes in this area, in this space. The other thing about Te Pua Oterenga, I'm told, is it was prevalent across the Fenwa. It was quite a prevalent species across the land. So really exciting to bring it back into the valley into Temara Atani, into Temahanga Valley because we know that historically bats were up in this valley as recently as two thousand and three.
4: So
2: it's going to be a bit of an experiment though?
3: It's a bit of an experiment because we don't know how they'll fare. I was just talking to Danielle. She was saying that the the seeds take five years to germinate. So they'll just sit there in the in the fenua for five years before they do anything apparently, um, and then I don't even know if you'll see much for a while after that too because as a parasitic plant they stay under the fenua as far as I know, until they flower, yeah, and then you see them, yeah. yeah. They're also known as waiwai wai atua, the feet of gods, waiwai wai atua, or Pu atua, yeah, and te pua o te It
5: sounds like we'll have to be patient. We'll have to be
3: patient, place. yeah, take a while, yeah.
5: Kia ora mike, or Charlie Mawate Davis Tokuna ingwa, he uriahou, uh, no natiwihi wihi, no nati huiya, uh, no taranaki tuturu, no teatiawa, tayatukiya nati toranga tira, te na koto. Kia ora. So, what's your connection with this plant? Oh, it's a kind of a new love affair that's developed here with Tipuo te Terenga. We were invited as iwi representatives to support the project. So the project was to obviously um, go to Ora, uh meet the iwi kāinga there, which is Ngāti Rereahu and Ngāti Maniapoto, make those connections and then um, translocate Te Terenga to Wellington, to Zealandia and to Otari. Have you been at Puriura this week? We went up as um, a contingent, we had a a gathering, a wānanga beforehand at Ōtari to learn more about the plant because for some of us we've had intimate connections to it, for others it's new. So it's kind of like, it provides that air of um, mystery to some but also it's about a gathering of knowledge and we've got some really great guides, I mean um, Dr David Mudge and his wife Bethany and... Dr. R.V. from up in Hodaki from DOC, they have got years and years of research knowledge which they've been um, contributing to the development of this knowledge pool. Um, but also combining that with our iwi knowledge or our um, we we're going to find this is going to be an exciting time because we have traditional stories that come back from our voyaging here on the waka and uh, the various kaitiaki, or people who are now looking after these plants in the various parts of the country. So a lot of us from Wellington, Whakapapa, into Taranaki, and Taranaki has um, te te renga, or waiwai wai atua, growing up in the in the mountains, so on the maunga. Um, so it's kind of reconnecting all the dots together. That's kind of what I think it's doing. So have you seen this extraordinary plant flowering? We haven't seen it flower with its... Nectar, but we know there are some other sites locally that we can go and visit in March when it flowers so we're kind of gearing ourselves up to go on a little bit of a, um, a voyage around our region a wider region that is to see if we can kind of capture it um, flowering and then it will produce its nectar and of which it then attracts all of the insects and the ones who help to I suppose sh- spread the love of Tipur te Tatangaanga) te <laughs>
2: But you, this time you were collecting seeds, we so were you were obviously seeds. successful, judging by the number of seeds that people are putting into those. Yeah, yeah, well, one one, one little
5: seed head, so it's almost like a flower, but I'm, I don't have the technical name for it, but one kind of seed head has many, many little tentacles by which there are thousands of seeds within, so it's, it's a really exciting kind of a plant because you can gain lots of seeds from each flower head, but... You know who knows? They've got a, they've kind of got a mind of their own. They've got their own DNA inside of there, and they'll decide whether they'll take or not. So, today's a really exciting opportunity to to plant them in and and continue to nurture them. Actually, continue to nurture them doesn't end here. And then it's going to be a wait and see process it for is. this one. It is. It is. It is a wait and see process. I think that's part of the mystery of its life cycle. Like you can talk to David, who's you know. Worked with it for a couple of decades now, anyway, and he still doesn't know the exact pattern because it's that kind of a it has that kind of a growth cycle, where you don't quite know, and then it can kind of take on its own life form, and that community will determine how it's going to grow. And I think that's kind of for people who are into the science of it. That's probably some of the attractiveness of it as well. Yeah.
2: When you talk about tapu or Tarayanga, or Dactylanthus, two names come up again and again. Avi Hertzapfel from DOC and photographer David Mudge. I managed to catch up with David on our way to the planting site. So remind me, David, how long have you been involved with Dactylanthus for?
6: About 15 years now.
2: And you're still going up to Poriora all the time?
6: I go up there often, but when the Dactylanthus are flowering, I try to go up there every seven days.
2: And remind me what you do up there.
6: I set camera traps, I do time lapses, and I try to encourage the dock staff there to be active and proactive with pest control.
2: And is it working? How is the Dactylanthus going?
6: There are some small populations there which are still thriving, but there are some populations even at Purura which are in decline.
2: And what's causing the decline?
6: From my observation recently, the populations age so they, they die out naturally. And the other thing which causes sudden catastrophic decline is wild pig rooting. Oh. But even from the wild pig rooting, sometimes they seem to recover again five or ten years later because of this huge storehouse of seeds in the ground. With with that atlantis, you cannot be sure that it's all negative because you don't know what's happening under the ground. There's that element of mystery.
2: There's a huge mystery, isn't there? Yeah. So the seeds are pivotal, though, and that's what we're doing today is moving seeds, which is we're, something... I remember you talking about years ago. It's yep. been a dream of yours.
6: Yeah, it has been a dream for a long, long time. And I think it's fantastic with the Ewe on board. They're, they're going to be a new driving force for this. And what they're doing at the moment is very, very timely and opportune because there are lots of isolated, remnant, scattered populations which are all dying out. And I don't know whether the ones that... I'm aware of, and I'm most probably aware of at least 15 or 20 populations. I don't know whether that's representative of dactylanthus through the country as a whole, but if it is, I'm really concerned, but I hope I'm wrong.
2: Maybe this is a rescue in the nick of time. Yes,
6: for some populations it could be, and again, with Otari and the work they're doing, it looks like we're going to open up potential for actually storing some pollen so that even some of these populations that at the moment are not producing female flowers, we could still store some pollen so that in the future people have choices to make as to what is done with that.
2: Ah, that's a good idea. A bit of future-proofing. Yeah. So this isn't going to be the first translocated population of dactylanthus, is it?
6: Oh, no. No, it's been going on on and off for a long time. But very few into places like this have been successful up to now.
2: But you've been successful at Namani.
6: Yes, we've seeded at Naamanu in 2014 and we had good flowering there this year and the day before lockdown I went to Poriura and got pollen and hand pollinated them successfully
2: Congratulations you must be like a proud dad
6: (laughs) I feel richly rewarded (laughs) I find that very very satisfying
2: So 2014 so 6 years
6: Yeah but embarrassingly they did flower a year before we found them (laughs)
2: <laughs> Was it because you were looking in the wrong place? Oh, we
6: weren't we weren't, um, <laughs> we weren't thorough enough with what we were doing We've got lots of sites at Namani where we've got them seeded yeah. And so far only one site has established and flowered But we've had a good seed set there But unfortunately since that seed set There's been some fungal element in it And the seed development's been disrupted ah. So they have not developed normally the seed But we have got seed set and seed deer. Only time will tell us to how viable it is. So they're
2: going to put in a few different sites here? Yes. And then it'll be a case of just watching and waiting?
6: Yeah, patience. Yeah. And equally, don't wait for them not to come up. Keep planting them. Every year, every couple of years, translocate another lot of seed. You've got to get these mixed-age populations... When they first establish and flower, they're all female populations. When they age and getting ready to die, they're all made male flowers, so you've got to get mixed age populations. And people management, pest control, keeping the possums off them and hand pollinating them at the right time. Well,
2: there's no possums and pigs here, so that's no, a good that's, start. No, that's a good start. But well, they need some bats, do you reckon?
6: No, I don't think so. I'd advocate for the bats and say leave the bats where they are.
2: <laughs> leave the bats and just hand pollinate the dactylanthus. Yeah,
6: at the moment. Yeah, I think take the dactylanthus seed and translocations to where the bats live in transitional forest there.
2: Because transitional forest, that's the key. They don't like big yeah, the dense forest. So, they, Zelandia should be quite good for them.
6: Yes, and it could be really interesting here with the relationship between them and the saddleback because, oh. again, Saddleback is very much a bird of the transitional forest and the scrub edges. It could be quite exciting. There could be new associations found, even with the giant wetters that they've got here, and whoever else, because they are a magnet. They are their own little ecosystem themselves, with the insects and the predatory insects that come in to feed on the nectar and the pollen.
4: Kira. My name's Therese McLeod. I'm the Bicultural Lead Ranger at Tamara Tane, or Zealandia. And you've just got to know this plant? Just recently, about three months ago. It's taken me a while to get Dactylanthus rye off the tongue. Or poor Dering. And what do you think about your new acquaintance? I'm seduced. I'm engaged. I'm seduced. And every time I learn one thing, it leads me down a path to learning so many more things. We've got these tiny seeds, they're almost microscopic, but a huge world of potential within them. What I really liked about this translocation, and I've done a lot of fauna translocations, but this is my first flora translocation. And uh, the idea was to bring all six iwi of the Wellington region together. It's a historic first. It's the first time we've ever done a translocation together so cooperatively and collaboratively. And what that does is it puts us into a role, our kaitiaki tanga role, as advocates of this species, which is in serious decline status. So by working cooperatively, you know, we live very close to each other, so conversations are easy. And then we can look at putting dactylanthus in each of our particular areas, or rohi. And again, boosting the opportunity for its survival amongst us, eh? You've seen us all here today. But what it does is it focuses on us on this plant and the advocacy of it, but within the wider conservation story that it sits within, right? Mm. And the wider conservation story to this particular plant we're focusing on at the moment, powerful.
2: And as David was talking about, how Te or Taranga is its own ecosystem and it draws all sorts of things to it yes. and now it's adding people to that
4: isn't it, isn't it this ancient species you know and it's survived and survived and survived and now it's bringing us in to support its survival you know as the modern world has interrupted its flourishing moments right mm. so now we're, we're intervening we're
5: intervening Rekata ngao, haramaita
6: stoki,
3: haunie, huie. pura pura, rau kawa kawa. Kai whetekoro matua. Kai tonai,
6: ano?
7: My name is Pascal Michel, and um, I used to be uh, the flora manager here at Zelandia. What's the place you've chosen, Pascal? So I'm looking at um, the host tree species that are suited for the um, Dactylentus. It's been shown that it was more successful to try to grow it towards roots of Pseudopanax uh, arborea, the five-finger. So this is a first regeneration site. And there's quite good trees of um, five fingers. So you don't want a big mature tree. You want that kind of young tree uh, just because the root will be a lot smaller. So the dactylentus is more likely to attach to it. We have three different locations in the sanctuary. This one is what we call the social site. It's not 100% ideal for conservation, but is ideal for interaction with the public. So when we've done this site, we're going to be going to two other locations, which are just ideal. One will be completely at the south end of the sanctuary, which has the best forest for uh, the dactylentus, and the other side will be uh, within what we call the research area, which used to be the old Tuatara enclosure, which has a fence that protects against mice. So all the forest here has mice, and this is the only part of the sanctuary that has no mice, and what we're trying to look at is the impact of mice on the dactylentus. So we're going to follow that in, uh,
6: in the long term. Heke mai o tutauara. Ngā tutauara te ko ki te ko ia. Ko ia ngū, ko ko te haue ki wairoti, ki te tau mai tō hua kuru. Wano, wano, haramai te toki, haumi e hui e taiki.
7: Te kura, te kura huna, te kura i tupua, te I tawito, te i mai. Hawaii ka tia, te nuku ka tia, te rangi katsu. When I cut a cut, I could keep a kite Tangata, etone, 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 etone,
6: etone, 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 etone,
2: So how do you plant
7: dectylenthus? So the way you do it is you just scrape the soil. So not dig too hard but you scrape the soil um, in between roots of um, this suitable tree and then you just um, spread the seed there and gently cover back with soil. So it's very a uh, surface planting, really you don't go very deep. And you also look for a site that seems to be sloping because the When the plant will be maturing, one day it will flower (laughs) um, in five years' time and the rain uh, will go slowly downslope and spread the seeds so that the idea is to try to keep it always in a a slopey area so that it can collect the rain. So it can collect the rain and have room to move downstream? And room to move downstream. So that's also the sites When we look at a site, we want also to see, be able to see um, that there's space for the plant to uh, expand. And that there are other five-finger in the vicinity
2: too for it to latch onto.
7: Yes, so hoping that um, all around behind you and all around here, it's quite suitable. So, um, yeah,
0: hopefully he likes it. <laughs> I'm Karen van der Wald. I am the conservation and science advisor for Otari Botanic Gardens. Is this a tricky plant to translocate? It is extremely tricky to translocate because the plant grows on a host. So we need to know that we're planting it close to a host species. It does not tolerate drying out. So we need to make sure the sites that we select stay moist throughout the lifetime. And also we have to wait a tremendously long time, so we need to wait four to five years before we will know something's happened because we can't touch the soil now because the seeds are very delicate once they start germinating because they push out a root, similar to a root, and they attach to the host plant. And that's a very um, delicate stage of the germination, and if you disturb it, then you'll actually break that attachment and the seed
2: will die. So you just basically put them in the ground and then cross your fingers and go back in a few years' time and just see if you can see anything on the surface. We will monitor,
0: definitely annually, for the first three years to see if we can see anything, but we won't remove the litter or anything. We'll just have a look to see. Because remember, what we're waiting for, this plant grows under the ground. It's only once it flowers that it pushes the flowers out above the soil,
2: and that's what we'll see. So you've planted what will end up being a few thousand seeds today in different Yeah, sides. yeah, absolutely. So we had little
0: petri dishes or little parcels earlier, and each of those parcels have got about 600 seeds in them. Um, and we'll be planting 12 of the parcels. So that is 6,000 seeds about. And you're going to plant some at Otari Wilton as well? Yes, exactly. So we're repeating what we're doing at Zealandia. We're doing the same at Otari Oh, well, good
2: luck. Hopefully you've selected some nice sites for them.
0: Oh, I, I'm sure we have, and I just think the whole journey that the seeds have come, it's been handled well, and it's been set off, and it's got every chance of success for now.
2: And a big thanks to everyone I spoke to for this story, which was recorded at Zelandia Sanctuary in Wellington. You can listen again, see photos of the plant and the planting, and find a link to my earlier dactylanthus story at Poriwara Forest, at our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash Our World. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Twitter where we are RNZ Science. Many thanks for your company. I'll be back next week, but for now it's good night from me, Alison Balance, Kia Pai Tōpō.